it's a lot that goes on day to day. And I don't know about other communities, but in the black community, things can be overwhelming. And if you're involved in the realm of education, yep, parents, that's you too. It can go from overwhelming to downright foolishness. There are so many things we don't discuss. We dismiss or don't acknowledge at all. And sometimes you just need to get it out because the magnitude of the ridiculousness is too much to handle. So we're going to talk about it and figure some things out. And yeah, we'll discuss trending topics and bring a little humor to the table because we all know laughter is good for the soul. But FYI, class is in session. Welcome back, everyone. Thank you for tuning in to FYI class is in session and today we are going to talk about the issues that are attached to this poem that I ran across on Facebook and basically it poses the question as to whether or not student failures belong to the teacher or if they belong to the student. So I'm going to let you listen to the clip first and then we'll talk about it. False start. It breaks my heart in a thousand little places to watch educators lower their fickle expectations. I don't want to paint all teachers in a negative light. I taught for eight years. I gave it my life. One of the most awkward parts of teaching is giving a test after half of the class finishes. Then it's basically nap time for the kids who didn't sleep last night. And it's I don't know how to act right for the kids who can't sit still. And that's fine. But overheard in the teacher's lounge last week, she said, he's as cute as a puppy dog, but you can't teach a puppy to read. Who am I to cast the first stoned student in F? What have I taught if the kid I caught cheating on my final exam is already failing and I fail him again? When he drops out, if he goes to jail, we both get to say, I told you so. But who failed whom? Did he fail the test or did I fail him? Sometimes, y'all, I get a handful of amped up pupils who would love to be made examples of. And truthfully, I'm in the mood to prove myself the alpha above the bully. But then I lose my temper and I say, nobody believes your excuses but you. So if you really hate school, when I try to pass this class before you have to repeat the 10th grade again, and as soon as those words act accidentally slip i can immediately see the damage they did so i'm sorry kid here's your grade it's a cinder block tied to the ankle of your gpa hopefully next semester we both do better we receive the grades we earn so here the f that i deserve all right so when i first heard this poem i felt divided Honestly, I really, really did. And before I get into my feelings about the poem and my takeaway, I want to break down some of the things that he talked about and look at and kind of tell you how it divided me. And then we'll come to the conclusion at the end of whether I agree with what he's saying or not. How about that? All right. So he first begins by discussing fickle expectations of teachers. And I think that is a double-edged sword. And the reason why I feel that way, how I got pulled to agree with um, he, let's, with him, let's first talk about that. I agreed with him because it is frustrating when teachers lower their expectations of students. When students come from 
um, bad situations or this is someone who's repeated for a while this student doesn't necessarily pay attention in class um, those you do have lower expect uh, most teachers I'm not gonna say all most teachers some do have lower expectations for those students because we, teachers we you know and I'm gonna say we even though I'm no longer a teacher okay that'll just make it easier we tend to feed into students so much and then at a point you realize that I can't keep feeding into this and now I'm ignoring everyone else um and you know you it's draining basically going back and forth with a student who doesn't really seem to be motivated and then on the flip side of that teachers begin to lower expectations because now we're burdened with more responsibilities so if a student is constantly failing then in a lot of states there has to be explanations for the failures now whereas before I know when I was in school if I failed a class my parents looked directly at me Portia what are you doing let's fix this problem now disclaimer I didn't fail any classes okay um, I did have a hard time in geometry but I did not fail the class so let me just put that out there I finished at the top I'm a nerd okay so back on track so um, parents then put that responsibility on the students parents now turn that responsibility back over to the school as what are you doing and why is my child failing your class and so in order to alleviate those stressors a lot of teachers have lowered their expectations and so although it is not right to be in that place where you lower expectations I understand because teachers have another life outside of the classroom and if all you if everyone parents administration and students put all of the responsibility of a student's success on the actual teacher that becomes very draining so it's a whole lot easier just to lower the expectations and just give students decent grades so that no one is failing right but on the same token as an educator is your job to educate and not lower expectations which is what I felt like he was trying to get like about the fickle expectations sometimes they have them sometimes they don't depends on the situation so again just my take right and then he went on and he talked about how the teacher comment in the teacher lounge kind of rubbed him the wrong way about the child was a cute child cute as a puppy but you can't te um, treat uh, teach a puppy how to read um, and that to me I really didn't I couldn't relate to it honestly because I've been lucky enough that I've never been in an environment where someone labels a child with the inability to do something by labeling them as like a inanimate object or a animal or something like that I have however been in situations where teachers feel as though a student is not able to read because or learn rather because the student chooses not to okay not because they don't have the ability they might say things like the student is lazy the student doesn't care and all of those type of things and so and then it kind of begs the question is this true is this student really lazy or do they really not care or is it because we haven't figured out what will intrigue that student because all 
I personally feel that everyone's interested in something. So maybe the model of school needs to change a little bit, but we'll get to that in a later, in a little bit later. And then he said the line that really caught my attention, which was the stoned student. Who am I to give the stoned student an F? And I, I really am torn again with that line, even though it jumped out at me. We do stone students. We do, as teachers, um, throw verbal rocks so to speak, to a student um, that this student doesn't care, or this student is lazy and things like that. And we just kind of throw our hands up, but we don't assign them an F. Okay. Um, if the student is not doing work or they're not doing what they can do, or they're not trying, they're not giving their best effort, then that student earns an F is not assigned to them. So even if um, we stone them verbally, we're still not assigning them an F. They are earning that F. And again, I'll kind of give you more of my take at the end, but I was divided with that line. And, um, I really wanted to explain that, um, the divisions for me and how I kind of came to the analysis that I came to. Cause I think it's important to know this first before I can tell you really how I feel about the poem. And then the alpha mentality. Now I will say this, I have a very alpha mentality. And in my classroom, I showcase an alpha mentality. And it's not necessarily something that I try to showcase. I'm just an alpha by nature. Um, and I don't necessarily take that as a negative thing. It is not negative. I do not look at being an alpha as a bad thing. It can be negative to students because especially if they are not used to someone having an alpha presence in their life. Um, a lot of the students sometimes come from homes where parents are working constantly. So the students are raising themselves. So they're the alpha. And, you know, in any pack in nature, alphas, multiple alphas in a pack is a problem. Right. So if you have a group of students and when I say students, I'm speaking mostly in high school that are raising themselves and they're doing everything for themselves. It's really hard for them to understand or bow down to someone of authority if they're not used to it. So the alpha mentality for most teachers um, comes off as very um uh, I guess, aggressive to students. And for me, it was making sure that I had strong classroom management so that the students wouldn't get out of control. And most of the time, my students will tell you that as the year progressed, then that dominance factor kind of dwindled a little bit and they could kind of relax a little bit more because the presence uh, and of the authority figure had been established. And I think a lot of times students don't recognize it's not the same anymore. When I was growing up, adults were automatically to be respected. They were the adults and you did what adults say. Sadly, that is not what students deal with today. Adults can say something and they might not actually agree with what it is that the adults are saying and they actually verbalize it. 
So that alpha mentality that he speaks of to me personally is not a bad thing, but how he placed it in the story or in the poem rather when he said, nobody believes your excuses but you. So if you really hate school, why not try to pass this class before you have to repeat the 10th grade again? That was the line that he fed, that he felt built the alpha mentality or mood in the classroom when he slipped and confronted this student. Now, I will say that I'm torn because I don't think that what he said was a problem, but I do think that maybe saying it in front of students might be problematic. And I think most teachers can fair, are, um, it's fair to say that most teachers at some point have, um, have gotten to the place where they were frustrated with students and they did allow their frustrations to come out into the classroom because at the end of the day, we're all human. And then um, he begins to talk about their GPAs and how this GPA is basically attached to their anchor. Anchor, um, I'm sorry, attached to their ankle, and it's a cinder block, as as if it is like a huge weight. Um, and again, I'm torn because yes, that could be true. Um, if this was a student who was trying to pursue higher learning. But I kind of feel like if the student is trying to pursue higher learning, they wouldn't be in the situation where they are receiving Fs. And then on the flip side of that, is it really a cinder block to someone who is not interested in the course that you teach and maybe it's not in their future? Um, so that kind of divided me a little bit. So I said all of that to essentially say that education is really complicated. And as much as we are trying to find this delicate balance of what is the best way for a teacher to um, perform in the classroom or do teachers give grades, we have to really sit down and think about the student individually. I cannot group all of my students um, into one. What I do for one, I can't necessarily do for the other. It's the same thing, parents, if you have multiple children. You don't raise all of your kids the exact same way. You give them all the same morals, values, expectations, but how you teach it and bring it to them might differ because Timmy um, over here might just need you to look at him uh, and he gets in line. Whereas James over here, you got to raise your voice a little bit more. And Shanice, you got to you, you have to take stuff from her or either threaten to beat her alive. OK, so your methods have to change based on the children that you have in your home. The same thing holds true for the teachers that you have. Um, I mean, for the students that we have in our classrooms. So although the poem had some really great points, I personally cannot fully agree with what he's saying in this poem, because as long as I have taught, I have never given a student a grade. Um, and I think that that's essentially what he was applying, that if a student fails my class, then I failed them um, and I failed as a teacher and I don't think that's true because no student in my class has ever received an F that put in the effort and I am willing to go above and beyond for students who try 
a student can resubmit assignments, um, come to me for extra tutoring. Uh, I, of course, can't give extra credit because that was against the rules. But anytime we can reassess, we can restructure. All of those things, as I grew in my craft, those things I began to implement in my classroom. But if a student is simply not trying, then for me, when that student gets an F, then that's that's completely on them. That's not to say that that's the same for every teacher. There are some teachers that just simply do not care. They're not going to pick up the phone to call a parent. They're um, not going to request conferences with parents. They're not going to give students an extra opportunity. They have the mentality, I got mine, you get yours. All of that kind of foolishness. And those teachers are out there. And I'm definitely not sitting here trying to say that they don't exist because they do. But if you parents know that your child is a child who needs a little bit extra and they are failing a class then it becomes your responsibility to stay on top of that teacher don't allow time to pass by and now all of a sudden you want to know well why didn't you call me and why didn't you do this teacher okay instead that very first report card if you get to that point you know for me it would be the very first progress report but let's be honest some parents don't uh, never see your progress report. So that very first report card, when you see that your baby has an F, it now becomes your responsibility to touch in periodically with that teacher and drive that teacher crazy until that teacher is now calling you, telling you, hey, this is now changing. But to just sit back and expect that the teacher is going to make a change in your child's life is not fair. The parents also have to be um, fully engaged in the student's learning. And sometimes that engagement means asking the teacher what it is that they can do to help your student and then follow that with and what can I do at home to support what you're doing in the classroom because it's all about teamwork at the end of the day we have to learn how to work together as a team you know I have to leave you with a quote and one of my favorite quotes is by Lily Tomlin and it says I always wondered why somebody doesn't do something about that. Then I realized I was somebody. Instead of us constantly pointing fingers at who's not doing what, because we have all played that game. It's the parent's fault. It's the teacher's fault. It's the student's fault. It's someone else's responsibility and somebody can do something about that child now it might be the reality is that little timmy might not go to college and that's okay because i'm a firm believer that college isn't for everyone but how can i help little timmy find what it is that he is good at and how can i help prepare him for that because as an english teacher yes i want them to know how to read and write and the academic world um, in the academic world so to speak but I also want them to know how to read and write for the business world they should know how to send emails they should know how to interview well and speak for the jobs that they're going to receive so maybe I can alter some of the things and craft a plan for little Timmy that will more that will be better targeted for what it is that he wants to do just food for thought as always, I love y'all. Peace.